It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. Today we have the distinct honor of having as our guest a pianist, arranger, producer, and educator, Antonio Adolfo. And Antonio, it's a pleasure to have you with us here. The same here, Alan. I'm honored by this invitation to participate on this live conversation. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. I know you've been very busy. You've been traveling back and forth between Rio de Janeiro and also uh, your home in South Florida. Yeah. So what I would like to do through uh, our discussion today is to talk to you a little bit about yourself first and then uh, I would like to take an opportunity to talk to you about your latest release, which is Bruma. And that's a celebration of uh, Milton Nascimento. That's right. That's right. I started my music career, my music experience at the age of seven with the violin. My mother was a violinist at the symphony orchestra in Rio de Janeiro. You know, at that time, I, I liked to, to play with the, the friends, go to the, the streets and play soccer. And uh, I studied for two or three years the, the violin. And then I, I decided not to play more the violin and started to play by ear on my, my sister's piano. And then I started to play the melodies and try to do left hand with the accompaniment. But it was, it was easy to, to me, but uh, I needed a more study some more practicing, and then I went to have a, a teacher on piano. The first one, I was very lucky because I was into that bossa nova beginning in the 60s, in the early 60s, late 50s maybe. I loved bossa nova. I loved bossa nova, Jobins, and all, the, all those songs uh, they wrote for the bossa nova movement. But I have difficulty with those chords, those chords changed. But this first teacher, was very helpful because he told me, oh, you can use this chord and that chord. And then I, I, I started to be familiar with those type of chords and then uh, build something uh, interesting. And then I, in two years I was playing professionally at the age of 17, uh, I started to play professionally, like Joey Alexander maybe. <laughs> But at the time, at 17, then, when you were playing professionally, was it classical music or was it more of a cultural, ethnic music, which would have been like the Brazilian-type music that you were already mentioning? Yes, I, at that time, I, I played main, mainly bossa nova and jazz, a little bit of jazz and bossa. They are, they are very close to each other. And then I started to play in the play. There was a play by Vinicius de Moraes, a great Brazilian composer, and Carlos Lira. I remember I was 17. I still was in, in, the, in the high school. I was very lucky because at the same time, I had the chance to play with uh, two great musicians at night also. After the play, the play was at 9 p.m. And after then, I went to the Bottles Alley. There was a place that... Everything happened for the Brazilian music, Brazilian jazz, and etc. And I played with uh, the great uh, Lenny Andrade and uh, Raul de Souza. I don't know if you're familiar with Raul de Souza, a great trombonist. And uh, I had my trio, the 3D trio. That's the name of the trio. Yes. 
like third dimension 3D. That was, I think, was a very good beginning, starting uh, in, in the career as a musician. At that moment, when I, I was 18, I had to go to the university to study law. I decided to study law. Then I went to the first year, okay, the second year, but I was already working at night, uh, traveling with uh, the other musicians. It was hard to, to do both things at the same time. And of course, my heart was <laughs> for, for music at that moment, much more for music than for law. Mm -hmm. In, anyway, I like very much uh, about copyrights. I like the, those subjects uh, these days. It would be interesting if I, I would be a lawyer too. Well, of course, uh, the business of music is, is complex at times. And like you said, copyright or other legal issues sometimes uh, yeah. take the, uh, the forefront in your world. And you have to be very careful about where certain things go uh, with respect to your music and uh, your creation. Why were you thinking law anyway? Where did the influence for that come? You know why? I think because I, I didn't like maths, like mathematics, like uh, neither uh, chemistry uh, or those type of uh, courses. And then I, I would never be an engineer or architect. And then I think, oh, law, maybe law is good. And I think it's, it has something to be with me also, but uh, no comparison with music for sure. Uh, no question about that. So was your mother disappointed that you didn't pursue classical music? No, not, a, not, no, not at all, because she felt that I had talent for improvising, for playing bossa nova and for playing some jazz. She was very, very good in that aspect. She understand me, understood me very well, my, uh, my choices. She respected that, so there was no problem with my mother. You know that uh, I started uh, a little bit later to record my arrangements with uh, strings, in string sections. My mother was a violinist, as I told you. And um, when I had the string sessions, I have to conduct the string sections on, on required sections, sessions, I'm sorry. Some of the guys there were my mother's colleagues. No? They knew my mother. Oh, you are the, the son of Yolanda. Yolanda is my mother's name. Mm -hmm. But I was already conducting them, conducting the orchestra in, this, in the recording studios. That's very interesting. Where did the, the influence for jazz come from? Was there a mentor or somebody that was an idol of yours that uh, you wanted to follow and become a jazz artist? Yes, that came because the place that I, I started to play, the, they called Bottles Alley in Copacabana, they, they had like four nightclubs. And, they, and then they have a jazz there. That's the place I wanted to go. I like the people there. I like the, the talkings were very good. And then I got into jazz, more and more into jazz. Uh, I started, I remember the first, the first jazz piano player I heard with attention was Errol Garner. I, I was uh, 16 years old around that. But then with this group of musicians that uh, used to go there and, and hang out, uh, at the Bottles Alley, uh, many of them talking about jazz and about Miles Davis and Bill Evans. And of course, I got very much into the music of Bill Evans and uh, Oscar Peterson also I liked at that time. And then Herbie Hancock a little bit later. Those are the, were the guys. And uh, of course, uh, 
Miles Coltrane, everyone, Chet Baker, that had everything to do with me. There were some jam sessions every Sunday, Sunday afternoon and evening. We had jam sessions in the little club. That was like a school for me. I think I've, I've learned much of uh, what I, I know these days. I have uh, learned from those practices of, with other musicians, those uh, jam sessions, those uh, rehearsals and shows, everything. There is so much beautiful and wonderful music that comes from Brazil. How prevalent or how big was jazz through the country? Yes, uh, Brazil always had a, a big attraction for jazz. Jazz always had been an influence for Brazilian musicians. But at that time, at this, during the 60s, I remember uh, the, the concerts with jazz musicians. I remember going to, to see Horace Silver. I remember, remember going to see the modern jazz quartet. It was always crowded. And then after the, the concerts, they used to go to the, the clubs to, to perform with Brazilian music because uh, they already knew about Bossa Nova. And then there was that combination with uh, Getz and Gilberto and Antonio Carlos Jobim that made a great marriage uh, with jazz and bossa nova. But jazz has been uh, very important to, the, to that. Let me ask you, where did you begin your professional career with jazz in terms of traveling around and uh, becoming more known for your music in the jazz world? Uh, did you have that happened by virtue of traveling Europe or was it by coming to the United States? I had one song, uh, Pretty World, Pretty World. That song was, has been the first recorded by Sergio Mendes and in Brazil 66. <laughs> got to the jazz musicians, uh, there was like Eric Luke, a guitarist, who recorded that, that song. I think that song opened uh, a way for me into jazz. And of course, uh, when I played with those Brazilian singers, also in, in Musica Popular Brasileira, that uh, the music was exported to the, to the jazz, uh, to jazz field, to the jazz atmosphere. That helped a lot. Descendo a rua na ladeira Só quem viu que pode contar Cheirando a flor de laranjeira Samarina vem pra dançar De saia branca costumeira Gira o sol que para o olhar Com seu jeitinho tão faceiro Fez o povo inteiro cantar Roda pela vida I think that music was 
maybe a bridge uh, in, in terms of something I did across uh, the cross the boards and I think that song helped a lot that's a, one song that when I start to play in my concerts people people start to sing along and then they clap the hands and that helped a lot but my my dedication to the jazz uh, internationally is starting recently so but at least pretty world uh, did put you on the map uh, or into the spotlight for jazz exactly Alan. exactly so you've had a number of successes you've uh, have i believe what 24 25 albums to your credit Yes, including the, the ones that were re released only in Brazil and only like uh, imported albums in Japan and, and uh, in Europe or even in the US. But my 25 albums include since this 1964, 64 when I had the trio 3D and then I have a pop group, the Brazilian pop group, group 69. But uh, the jazzy albums came after the 77. There is one album that still play very well in, in, on Spotify. It's the streams, they, they, they play a lot. Uh, they, they are more jazzy. But recently, I, I can tell you that uh, I have dedicated more time to jazz uh, as a performer and as a composer as well. Well, you were nominated for Latin Jazz Grammy Awards uh, a number of times, and yes. one being O Piano. Piano Brasileiro. Yes, uh, and then also uh, the CD Tema. Tema. I had also Tropical Infinito. I had also Tema Tropical Infinito. I had the oh, Hibridu. Hibridu is uh, the one I dedicated to Wayne Shorter, from Rio to Wayne Shorter. That was also Grammy nominee. Uh, not only Latin Grammy, but also Grammy. Had you traveled with uh, Wayne Shorter or performed with him? No, I I only met him once at his house in Los Angeles when he he was there, but it was very very quick like that. Oh, hello, nice to meet you, but I never met him in person. Mm -hmm. And I know that you are very influenced and certainly have a, an affinity for someone that Wayne Shorter worked with all the time, and that was Herbie Hancock. Yes, I like very much his music. And I also uh, wrote a, a tune dedicated to him in my previous album. The name is Hello, Herbie. Hello, Herbie. very much and those type of uh, he's, he's a genius I think Herbie is incredible you've worked with a, a, a number of vocalists through your career but one that seems to stand out to me is uh, Carol Saboya tell me yes. about that relationship and working with her you know she's my daughter no 
She's my daughter, yes. And uh, I love her singing. I, I, I think, I hope she's not uh, listening to us, but I think she's a great singer. <laughs> She is. She, she's a wonderful singer. Uh, and uh, I know you've done some albums with her. Uh, and yes, I see even I on your website, they, there is a very special connection. So now I get it. I understand. You understand now. <laughs> so, indeed. Uh, and, and, and of course, she's got to be one of your favorites. Yes. I am, I'm, a, I'm a suspicious to talk about Carol. But anyway, I told you already that I think she's a great singer. And uh, I like very much the one she did with Milton's music and uh, even Lynn's also. And the name is Belezas. Also, the one that she did is Carolina. That's her name. That she was Carol. My, my last name is Saboya as well. Oh, I noticed that in your email address. So now the, the connection is all there. Now you connect everything. <laughs> so so let, let's talk a little bit about your latest project. Uh, I, I know you, you've done so many things, but this particular project, which is a uh, recording called Bruma, and it's celebrating uh, the music of Milton uh, Nascimento. And yes. uh, it is truly a beautiful album. It's rich. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, and I can't say enough superlatives about it. It's, it's got to be a work that you're especially proud of. Thank you. I am proud of, of this album. You know what happened? I, I always thought about recording Milton Nascimento. I had experience of play with him a long time ago, as I told, in 1967, 68. And then came the time, the, the, in October, the past October, I was imagining, start playing some tunes, and then I, I got to Milton. And I think, oh, I think I, maybe I, go, I do some, some work with this, these songs. And then I, I started to, to research uh, uh, his music, uh, uh, albums, and the ones that I had in, in my memory, the ones that I played with him, like for example, Outubro is one of the songs that were in the, the set list of that time, 1968. Outubro and also Tres Pontas, also I think Kais also was in that set list. And but, uh, Canso... Canso do Sal. Canso do Sal. And that's Salt song, by, right? I'm sorry? Salt song. Yes, yeah, Salt English. song. Yes. yes. 
that song was recorded by Stanley Turrentine, Turrentine, a uh, long time ago. It was a sort of a hit in the, in the jazz. But I love his music, and that, it was like a gift to me to to have a Milton's music. And then when you consider Milton's music is is something you have to to combine his voice, his compositions, his arrangements, because everything is, is just one thing, you know. Milton Nascimento is the composer, the, the guitarist, the arranger, the singer, mainly the singer. Mm -hmm. His voice is something incredible. And then there was like a, a challenge to me to, to record instrumental only those songs. Uh, I know that uh, some of his songs have been recorded by jazz musicians already, uh, like even Wayne Short did, uh, and I, I know other musicians who, who recorded his songs as instrumental ones. But I, I love the, to do this, this part of this process. For me, it's the most important. is the one of uh, researching and then you getting into, each time in, more into the, the music of someone else to the, the point that it almost uh, becomes your composition. You, you're very close to that. Playing, 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 and then the, you feel see, if you have affinity with that uh, with that song of those songs, and then I I did this for three months, uh, playing and this, writing some ideas, and then I the second step was to adapt his his songs to my group with horns. I've been recording lately with three horns, but this time I, I made an option for four horns. Uh, in, including also flutes, because two of them play flutes. The tenor sax, the alto sax, they also play flute. And they have trombone also in, and uh, trumpet dash uh, flugelhorn. So That's tell me the, when you decided to do this, did you contact Milton and say, hey, I'm going to do a tribute album to you. What do you think I should do? As a matter of I didn't contact him. And uh, I'm waiting to to see if he, he's, he's going to listen to the, the album. I don't have the physical album with, with me here. I, don't, I just had one. This is the only one in Brazil. This is the one I have. These days, uh, people are more into buying or listening to streaming or downloading. But I didn't show Milton yet. I, I want to, to have his opinion. I'm sure he'll, he's, he's listening to and paying some attention to say something to me. I'm sure he will enjoy it. I did some uh, very small changes, but more into the harmonies and the, the rhythms, the styles of some of the tunes. I did, I did some changes, but very carefully, because when you were playing someone else's music, you have to be very careful to not fight with that. No? But it was very, very normal and very easy to do that, because I, I got into very deep into Newton's music, and then wrote the arrangements, and then I, I called the, the best musicians, the ones that I like to play with, and then it was very easy, you know, I recorded the entire album in five days, and the, the, last, the last minute we could do it, I'm going to tell you, Alan, we recorded the album on March 15, in five days. That's amazing. Yes, because the, the next day, everything was locked, mm -hmm. everything was locked. Well, it's but, good timing. I, I'm glad you did and, and got it finished <laughs> because uh, it, it's truly a beautiful piece of work. Thank you. Thank you. I love the, the way the musicians play. And then the, I think the arrangements are sounding nice. It's good. 
uh, great musicians. That helps a lot. Absolutely. Uh, you, you could hear it. The, the musicality is there. You, you could tell there's passion from everybody. Everybody did yes. their part in, in the ensemble. And it was truly uh, reflective of the approach that you took toward it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you had to narrow it down to, to the nine tracks that you did because Milton has such a rich and large volume of, of music to his credit. Is there one particular song on that album do you think is the quintessential or the, the one important uh, piece of music uh, that speaks Milton? You know, I'm very passionate to Tristess, the last one. That's the newest from this, this uh, song list. That's the newest one that he recorded in 2002. That's a with different partner who also wrote the music with him. His name is Stella Borges. That, that music is like uh, very magic. I think the melody, the harmony, the combination. We have a great solo by Leo Amoedo on, on, on guitar. But I think it's, it's hard to say what's the music, I, which one, you know what, these ones in the album, all these are by Milton. These ones, the nine ones, I, I, it was hard to find, to, to, to choose. <laughs> So I had to choose because I can't do this number two. <laughs> yes. Or maybe number three because he has, uh, like, like you told me, you said, he has a, amount, a big amount of great tunes he wrote. But when you made your choices, uh, a lot of it was due to the type of musicians that you had. And you tried in that process to put it together based on your musicians. Yes, yes. For sure, I, I I had to do that because, of course, there are other music, other songs by him that I love a lot, but wouldn't fit so much so well with this this group. And I think the album has to have a unity, has to have a, its sound. It sounds so I would I would not open my hands to not having the the horn section. Mm -hmm. I, I would not accept not to have the the horn section and the, this rhythmic rhythmic approach. So there are some of uh, the tunes that uh, I would like, uh, like to record in another album wouldn't fit so well with this group. Well, it's very orchestral. Uh, there's no question about it. It sounds like you have 20, 19, 20 musicians well, in the room. Yeah. Uh, yes. And yes. each track is, is truly divine. 
Let me ask you, uh, in your choice of doing this uh, to celebrate Milton, how is it or why is it maybe you didn't do any vocals because Milton is known for being such an incredible vocalist? Yes, but I, I don't know. I didn't feel like maybe I could have, but I didn't make an option this time. Tell me about the title, Bruma. That means mist, right? Like a fog. Yes. How did you choose yes. that word for the title? That's mean a lot of lots of things because uh, Bruma Bru is the first syllable of uh, Brumadinho. It's a, it's a city, and Mariana is the the ma m a Bru me Bruma. Mariana is this, another city who both had a big tragedy with uh, some uh, companies that explore the mines in the state of Minas Gerais where Milton lives. And then there were many people were killed. I think more than 400 people killed those two tra treasures. And then uh, vested the, the, the soil, vested the, the trees and the, and the houses of people. And the pollution went to the, the Atlantic Ocean. The, that pollution was terrible. We can say that's, that's a tribute to these people who lost their families, who lost their houses, and then they still didn't get paid for, and never will be because there's no price for that, for that, uh, for that tragedy. Those cities, Brumadinho and Mariana, are in the state of Minas Gerais where Milton lives. And I, Milton also is very much into nothing to have this forgotten, these, these tragedies forgotten. And also the word Bruma is like mist, you know, mist having the mountains a uh, lot. And the state of Minas had lots, have lots of mountains. And uh, yes, that's that's the idea of the title. And the, the sound of the title, like Bruma in Portuguese, is Bruma, perfect. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's mist. Mist is something very magical. And well, the music is magical. There, there, yes, there's no question about it. Antonio, it's on the uh, AAM label. Is that your label? Yes, yes, my label, yes. And that was released this year? This year. It, it was releasing in June 22nd. And so, I'm very happy with this album, and I, I, I hope Milton will listen to it. When I finish, uh, I always think, oh, this will be my, my last album sometime. <laughs> and then next year, I say, oh, maybe I can record another one. But, yeah, I don't know how things will be for next year. We never know. No, that's true. But I'll tell you, if, if this one is the last one, uh, I, I would think you're going out on top. Well, Antonio, I, I hope for the best for you and family and that everybody uh, stays healthy, stays well, and keep up the great work because this is an absolutely wonderful piece of work uh, that we've had the opportunity to enjoy and speak to you about it. Thank you very much, uh, Alan. This was wonderful talking and uh, I'm very happy to have the chance to talk with you, the listeners. Thank you very, very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with pianist, arranger, producer, and educator, Antonio Adolfo. Our thanks to Ben Sidron for our theme song, Mr. P's Shuffle. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the app you used to listen to us. We have new podcasts every Wednesday. You may subscribe for free. We are now heard on all top platforms. 
as well as Facebook and our website, allthatsjazz.net.